Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Andy now joins us, of course. AJ, I never get to say goodbye to AJ anymore because you go to break and then during the break he leaves. Yep. But, you know, AJ, there's an, uh, a long-standing, hey, have a good day deal. So just understand that. I'm thinking it. I didn't get to tell you, but that's the way it is. Um, I have a question for you guys. You guys know know a lot about Spotify? Yeah, very absolutely. little. Love you Spotify. know very little? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Is that where where Rogan is? Is he on Spotify? Yeah. Well, he it's, is. well it's Spotify just hosts a bunch of different stuff. So, like, right. his podcast is anywhere. You want to yeah. listen to podcasts. Well, so who's the one that that hired him for, like, gave him, like, $100 million? That was Spotify. That was Spotify. Yeah, because he, uh, well, what what it was, because I think he was on YouTube and then they wanted to do like an exclusively, he's only on Spotify. And Mm -hmm. so they gave him, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it was, like 100 million. And, but that I think is long. Yeah. Was that like a timed exclusivity or something? Yeah. Cause it was, that's why it was such a big deal. Cause he was only going to be on Spotify, but now that's no more. Oh, so that did, Uh, that expired already. uh, I believe so. Cause I see him like everywhere now. He's everywhere. Is he got? Is he? Does he have the highest rated podcast in the country? I would assume. I believe I think so. so. I think he's big. Adam Carolla used to be, but now I believe he's second. I think. Yeah, Mark Marin had a very popular podcast, um, but yeah, Joe Rogan I think is universally known as the number one. There you have it. Uh, the reason I asked that question: Spotify has laid, laid off another fifteen hundred people. So what's that? All? Do you guys know about this? Maybe uh-uh. it's because they pay people $100 million to be on their platform for six months. Yeah. <laughs> they did, yeah, they a, did this with um, Harry and Meghan, too. So they'd had their podcast uh, oh. as well. Okay, so basically, I'm really glad I asked that question because you guys know a lot about this stuff. So in other words, to get the $100 million, they had to lay off so far 3,000 people to pay him? Well, it's like Netflix, how for years they were just greenlighting absolutely every piece of crap, giving them tons of money. And then all of a sudden they were like, oh, we don't have any money. Uh, I guess we just have to lay a bunch of people off. The tech bubble is starting to burst and they don't have oh, is infinite money like they used to. I'm glad I asked this. And what, what's causing that? It was, it was a bubble. Bubbles burst. That's what they do. So it's just it got so big that it had to had to burst. Mm-hmm. It's like Twitter saying. laid off a billion people. Facebook laid off a bunch of people. Yeah, They're all laying true. off hundreds, if not thousands mm-hmm. of people because they were just throwing money away. They were just hiring people for garbage positions that had no purpose. They were building these gigantic campuses with like tennis courts and stuff in them. They just they had so much money because of the social media boom mm-hmm. that they couldn't spend it all. And now that that's starting to die, they don't anymore. So it says here, Spotify's layoff memo in the art of delivering bad news as a streaming giant cuts about another 1,500 jobs. They put it as 1,500 more jobs. I think so far they've fired like 3,000 people. Well, but it's like it's a 
website that hosts other people's content, how do they need mm-hmm. 3,000 people to begin with? Yeah, that's a great question. You could run a site like that with 50 people, tops. Well, I mean, Spotify, I mean, obviously you can get, you know, your super popular music on there, but anybody, like I could make a song today and submit it to Spotify and they review it and put it up there. So they do have a very large like a number of people that are curating music and stuff like that. So they do need a large staff. But from what I've seen is they kind of when they were Spotify was on the rise, they overhired because they thought this was going to just going to be a limitless growth. And now they've realized, okay, our ceiling is much lower than we anticipated. And they're not calling it firing. You know what they're calling it? Downsizing. Uh, Laying off. I want you to use this. And if you ever have to fire anybody in your future, Call it a quest for efficiency. Oh, well. <laughs> quest for efficiency. No, this is not firing. It's a quest for efficiency. Oh, okay. So they they just saw this money rolling in, so they hired thousands and thousands of people for no reason. Yeah, and because yep. in Spotify, during the pandemic, when nobody had anything better to do than kind of listen to music, they do, so at the end of every year, they do a Spotify wrapped, and it breaks down... You know, oh. what songs you listen to, who are your top artists, podcasts, blah, 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 blah. And that got very popular for people posting on social media. And so then they saw their numbers increase for subscribers. And so, again, they oh, okay. just thought that, hey, we're, the sky's the limit. And we are realizing that it's not. Well, this can't be good news. Signs of a weakening job market in five charts. That's not good news, you think? No. No. Hmm. Yeah, I, I just can you tell? Because I cannot. Is the economy getting better? Is it getting worse? Are we in good position? Are we in bad position? Is there any? You guys have a take on that? No, but it seems terrifying, and it's hard to gauge because the price of things are going up, but I don't feel like jobs are necessarily always paying more. And then for a while during 2020, houses shot up in price, and mm-hmm. now they're like calming down a little, a little but, but not, not much but not much like they're not really reactive there's like a slow reactivity there mm-hmm. so i don't really know what's going on so do you think that's a good sign or a bad sign of the economy feels like a bad sign yeah to me uh, i just hope it's not that's all i'm saying yeah <laughs> My fingers crossed like oh we don't want to go through another because it was that 2008 when we had a semi crash of the economy yeah and mm-hmm. it was very tough I, I probably shouldn't even call it a semi crash how about a half crash yeah because 19 was it 1927 the big crash when people were jumping out of windows of skyscrapers in new york yeah and it just was that 1927 i think around then i thought it was like the 30s wasn't it mm, i'm pretty sure it was in the 20s uh, it was both. It was 29 to 39. Oh, it's 29 to 39. So there you go. But I'm both. more right. Oh, God. <laughs> Here we go. No. So it started. Yeah, I thought it was 27. It was 29. Yeah, okay. No. Oh, just, you know what? Yep. I should have remembered that. You know why I should have remembered that? Why is that? Oh, I can't use the word that Richard Pryor used. But he said, man, I had a, had a roommate one time back in the old days. And he was always having these women over. I'll tell you one thing, man. That thing was harder than times in 29. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was a pretty good reference. I mean, you know. So you got to remember 29 because of Richard Pryor. I 
Um, yeah, five signs of a weakening job market is not what I want to see on the front page of the Wall Street Journal website. No, it, and it feels like with everything that's going on, like eventually something's got to give. And usually when something's got to give, it's not like, oh, something gave and got better. It gets worse. So I, I don't know. It feels like we're on not on the right track. Does it feel to you guys like we're not on the right track? I don't know. Like, again, I want to be optimistic and be like, mm -hmm. things are going to write themselves and they'll be whatever. So that's the part of me that's like, but it, it's hard. I mean, we just talked about insurance going up. I think um, there's like other bills right now that we're, you know, me and Justin are deciding. We've got that like uh, that. What is it called? That creep um, kind of where creep. You, yeah, the. Um, the uh, tar our target creep or no sky scope scope creep where you're like all of a sudden you're realizing you're spending a lot of money on a little things. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, so there's, I mean, there's definitely a, a time where we're going, all right, what do we need? What do we not need? Because yeah. We, yeah. Well, so, but that's good, isn't it? Yeah. I just, I don't know if it with it, it seems like a scary time right now if, for jobs. Like, that's that's yeah. really true. And then it also yeah. seems yeah. like everybody's talking about, like, eh, groceries are so expensive. Insurance is so good. So I hate to be negative, but, like, it seems a little bit eerie right now for the mm -hmm. economy. Mm -hmm. right, well, there you go. Um, here's how the first day of Metro Transit's crackdown on fare dodgers went. They're actually doing that. They said they were going to do it. But they said they were going to do it a long time ago, and they never did it. But now they are actually cracking down on making people pay to ride on the train. Uh, they're going to do it for like a week. The ACLU will sue them, and then they'll stop. So how, how could the ACLU get involved with this, Andrew? Uh, all you have to do is call them racist. They'll back down. Even if it has nothing to do with race. I mean, you know, if someone like, I don't know, butts in front of you in line, just call them racist. In Minnesota, they'll back, they'll back down. Because that's, Why all, is that's that, how Minnesotans are. Why are people so afraid of that? It never made any sense to me. Because it works. Just because everybody else is, just because you're not, everybody else is, so that it has a huge effect. Well, yeah, and because you can call somebody a racist and now get on, you know, post their picture online yep, and do whatever and have life. no facts. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they can, they'll end up getting fired from their job, like, or whatever, because it used to be back in the good old days, you know, you could just make a joke and be like, oh, that's racist, Tom. And, you know, we all laugh it off because everybody knows it's not. But now you can't. Why does it have to be? It's not. That's racist, Tom. Why does it have to be Tom? I don't know. You're just the first. Fine, Brittany. That's racist, Brittany. <laughs> and, you know, me and Brittany laugh about how she's, you know, being a racist. And we all. Move oh, by the way, he lives. did air quotes. Anyone who's listening, by the way, like <laughs> you know, nobody saw that. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, you know what I mean? So. Oh, today, everybody takes it too far. So here's my question for you. Mm -hmm. Do they realize by doing that they're taking away a lot of the heat behind the word racist? That Doesn't if you matter. only used it for racist situations, it would have much more impact? Well, they're right. using it because they are, in their heart, bad people who want to hurt others. And that's just currently yeah. the easiest way to hurt someone. Right. They don't care about the word itself. Once the word racism goes away, I mean, even if racism gets completely reversed— we go back to the you know 1800s. They'll join the side of the pro-slavery because they want to hurt people. And 
everybody throws around racist like it's just whatever, like willy-nilly. I remember I was at yeah. the House of Comedy, and one section of the uh, theater was closed, so there was a black lady sitting down. I go, hey, ma'am, this area is closed. We don't have any servers for back here. We just need you to move up to this seat. And she goes, is it because I'm black? I'm like, oh. what? Are you – like, it just <laughs> shut up and move. Either just, sit here or leave. Just say like, yes. That's yes, right. It, it is because you're black. Like, what do you – what do you – what do you, you – caught me. Everybody's psychotic. Like, just calm down. Mm-hmm. You know, I was trying to think about how far that had to be 20 years ago when they came after me on that whole deal. It was about 20 years ago, wasn't it? Really? At least. Yeah, I'm trying to, yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends which time. Well, yeah. Which one are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, well, they, yeah, they keep going on. Well, as a matter of fact, it's funny you say that because I just heard it last July, just five months ago, I was watching Channel 5, and I don't know the anchor's name, but he was doing a story on me, and he leaned into the camera and went, some say he's racist. Bum, 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 bum. That was 25 years ago, and it was bullshit then. But they're still using that. But you have to understand something. That word now has very little meaning because they throw it around so much. A lot of people don't even care anymore. Yeah. What's that? A lot of people don't even care anymore. No, they don't care about that word because you've overused it to the point it has no meaning at all anymore. So for some dope over Channel 5 to, to, to say that about me, it meant nothing. It's like, yeah, eh, right. whatever. Yeah, you used to have to wear like a KKK suit to get called racist. And then now it's <laughs> and now it's like if you, you know, are a comedian on stage and you make a joke that is just about a black person being funny. Now you get called racist mm-hmm. like it. It's ridiculous. I also think it's really unfair for people to like use vernacular and things we've learned now and put it that same thing on things that were made 30 years ago. Like 30 years ago, yeah, there were things that I've said in radio where I go, I would never say that now because Mm -hmm. I have learned more or just don't want to offend people or learn that that is offensive. So I just think it's like a very weird thing that people will go, well, this oh, was said on the KQ Morning Show, and it's like, you don't know what life was like back then if you're mm-hmm. not immersed mm-hmm. in it. I think, like, every five years, there's some 20-year-old that comes out of the woodwork and is like, I'm going to get Tom Bernard. And it's like, yeah, you. I mean, there were things, yeah, like, people, we use different terms. It wasn't, it, like, I, I'm, I'm not sitting here sitting, like, defending, but I think you should, everybody should be a little embarrassed of themselves 20 years ago mm-hmm. or you're not growing. Absolutely. That's all I feel about that. Oh, absolutely. No, I agree. I think it's a good point. I, I, and like I said, I just, I don't understand why people, and like, like you guys said already, why you want to go so far out of your way to harm somebody, to try to ruin someone's life over that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. When there are things happening in the world that are worth your attention that are yeah. actually racist, but, yeah, you can't. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People look to take somebody like you down, Tom, because that's what is going to make headlines and they can feel good about themselves because yeah. you're in the spotlight. Where if you're pointing out, you know, some small business owner that's discriminating against his employees, is not going to necessarily grab the attention of the general public. And also, yeah. going after real issues is risky. Right. Because I mean, like a lot of it is like, you know, yeah, go to, you know, go to China or, you know, the Middle East or something and start talking about racism and see how long you last. Right. You're not going to, you're not going to be a free man for very long doing that. But in America, it's safe to do so. So they do it here. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Like, I love that about our country. Like, I love, I mean, that's, 
a really like everybody should have a voice like in how you choose to use it as your own choice like it is amazing that we live in a country where everyone gets to speak up i you know i wouldn't trade no, I, agree. I agree the only problem with the whole thing and this is a part that i've never even really talked about but i know really why they did it because and particularly in minnesota this does stand stand out in minnesota that whole passive aggressive thing i found nothing but disgust from people i'd be interviewed by well where'd you go to college i never went to college i mm -hmm. went to college for a day well where'd you graduate high school i said well i graduated at 16 years old from north high school i just tested out so i succeeded in radio in voiceover in the record business and back in podcasting now and i didn't need to kiss their ass and i didn't need their help and that's what really pissed them off which like nowadays Tom, it's kind of like the whole broadcasting from home remember when you used to do it we'd kind yeah. of have to not say it out loud yep. yeah, 25 um, years ago, yeah and now it's like a trending thing a big trend nowadays with people with raising kids are are like figure out what they want to do and work backwards not start going to college and fall into something so a lot of things you know 20 year olds now are going does the career I want to do, this is the thing I want to pursue right. in college. So you're just ahead of your time. Like, I, mm -hmm. I, it's funny how like that comes out where it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't most know. people, I don't know if they've been to college or not. I have no, most right. people I interact yeah. with, I, even if they went to college, I don't know where I like, I mean, like, I hope that like my nursing friends went to college, but otherwise <laughs> I don't really care. Right. And there's an element of gatekeeping as well. Cause in like the oh, yeah. comedy oh, yeah. scene, for example, you'd get older comedians. I'd see a younger comedian that, you know, is now YouTube famous or whatever. And they yep. go, yep. well, what I had to work, you know, all these terrible gigs where people yeah. are talking and dive yeah. bars and this mm -hmm. and that, it was so hard to come up and you got it easy. So there's that element of it too, where it's like, if I went through and had to do it this way, it's, everybody should have it's to It's hazing culture. Yeah. It's like, you yeah, know, like, I had to get hazed. So you have to get hazed. Otherwise mm -hmm. I feel bad about going through all that. Like yep. Tom, like, isn't it true? Like Tevin and Andy probably don't know this, but that exists in the radio world. So oh, hardcore. Like, you have to go to a small market and do years there yep. before otherwise. And then on top of it, you know, not, you know, if you've never done a morning show, oh, okay. You've never woken up at 4 a.m. Oh, get out of here. You've never, you're not, mm -hmm. been, haven't been in the field mm -hmm. for, you know, that exists right. so hardcore in radio. Well, that's, that's, it's rife in the medical industry too, especially with oh, residency. God, it's yeah. like, oh, I had to work 120 hours right. at this hospital and, you know, sew people's faces back on. It's yeah. like, if you didn't have to do that, you're not a real doctor. Right. But yet I had to walk uphill both ways to get to work. Type yeah, of thing. every yeah. industry has that attitude from people <laughs> in it, to be true. honest. Like even like tradespeople, they have the same oh, I'm thing. Sure. It's like, you know, it's I've like done all this dirty work. work. It was very hard. But now you have all these fancy new tools to do it for you. Therefore, it's bad. You know, P pick an industry. They all feel that way. The old people are upset that the newer people have it easier. Even though you'd think, you know, hey, life is easier now. That's a good thing. Yeah, and I mean, I'll close with this. The fact that they were also pissed off at me for succeeding without kissing ass or sucking up to somebody, I can't do it. Even if I tried to suck up to somebody and kiss their ass, it wouldn't come out. No, I couldn't. The way I was, yeah, you could not do that either, Andy. I, I, I could if I had to. I mean, <laughs> no, I just mean like... You guys are really privileged that you go, like, I don't have to suck to people. And it's like, well, you guys have not been in a situation where, like, maybe that would be the difference between you feeding 
you know, your kids are not like oh, in North Minneapolis. It was that way. But like no to suck up to somebody to keep a job kind of thing. Like, Andy, you've never, never experienced that. Like at no. the end of the day, like I don't want to suck up to people. But like if if I had to, I would like I get I've where never people. seen you suck up to anybody. You're making I haven't up. had to. Oh, there you go. Well, I mean, there's a difference, too, between, you know, being nice for nice's That'd sake nice and, That's you know, like up. obvious flattery. Yeah. Right. It's like, even yeah. if I don't like my boss, I'm still going to be nice to them. Yeah. But right. I'm not going to be like, hey, yeah. looking good today, Mr. Smith. Right. No, you're oh, not. Oh, have you lost weight? That's oh. not mine either. But like, <laughs> I'm just saying a lot of us are lucky that like, because some people work with monsters and you have to like oh, play yeah. the game. I remember being a teenager and like letting old men flirt with me so I could keep my like Papa oh. John's job. And like... <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't want, nobody wants to do that. Like, no, it's not. No. But, you know. No. The you club, think it'll stop someday when some people demand that you suck up to them just no, to get a job? Oh, never. No, not at all. Never you you got to no. kiss the ring. Like, the closest I ever get to sucking God. up to somebody is those, like, I'll be like, I'll do it because it's the job requirement, but I think it's dumb. Yeah. And just so you, like, I need yeah. to. You know what was the worst was in the National Guard because oh, yeah. these guys would have just whatever job in their normal life, and then they'd put on the uniform for the weekend. And then, like, especially when I worked on the radio, there would be guys that would be like, oh, you think you're this? Cause... And I'm like, what? Like, mm. <laughs> what? And they would just want to have dominance so bad. And it was like, I'm exhausted. Like, I know that you're an accountant in your everyday job, Johnson. So take a seat. Mm -hmm. Like, damn Johnson. Yeah, I mean, like uniforms and ranks definitely do go to people's heads a lot, especially ranks. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a hard one. Where did you you exit? Did you exit as a master sergeant? No. Oh, my God. I exited (laughs) as a sergeant, and that was a very big deal for me. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were a sergeant? Yeah, E5. Oh, and that was a huge deal because especially as a mm-hmm. medic, a lot of people went into medics with a bunch of college credits and I didn't have any because they like they were in nursing school or even oh, had true. their nursing degree. So trying to get um what? How were you a medic with no <laughs> medical because they trained degrees? You. Well, com- combat to, medic, you, you don't have to be able to, like, you know, treat people's, you know, it's trauma based pneumonia and, also, and stuff. Yeah, it's we do, we do, we get our paramedic uh, uh, license and we go to Texas oh, okay. for mm-hmm. four and a half months. Oh, okay. um, it's actually preferred sometimes that you don't have uh, much uh, going in because they want to teach you the way they want to teach you, right? It's kind of like how they don't want you to have much uh, firing a weapon experience because they want to teach you you don't have your bad mm-hmm. habits. So um, you, you have to, I mean, it's a lot of schooling when you're mm-hmm. like, it's constant when you're mm-hmm. uh, in Texas for combat tra- medic training. Well, not to mention yeah. having a lot of knowledge, like if you're a GP and you become a combat medic, you're probably going to start overthinking a lot of things yeah. and that makes you slow. And when you're dealing with like, you know, blowing off limbs and stuff, you can't be slow. You just got to do it. You can't second guess your training. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like. It, it's the ABCs, like airway, breathing, circulation. Like, mm-hmm. that's what it is. Like, I could teach anybody to be uh, combat life-saving. Like, that's for sure. Right. I have a question for you. Because I always got the impression I never served in, in the Army, Navy, Marine Corps, any of that stuff. But I got the impression that MASH did a really good job of revealing how it really was. The TV show MASH. 
Yeah, it's the so movie. hard to say because like that was such a different world than I was time in. Ago, like, yeah. mm-hmm. yep. I was in a truck ninety nine percent of the time mm-hmm. during my uh, deployment to Kuwait and Iraq. Like I was in a truck a lot. Well, because medics don't engage in combat unless they absolutely have to. You don't right. send That's them out. That's not even true. Like because we had a lot of people out all the time. So actually, I was driving a truck a lot of the time, which is like not what you would think a medic. You're usually when we first started, we had a full, you know, squad and I would sit in the back and just wait, wait for anything to happen. That's mm-hmm. all I did was sit around and wait. Like I brought my Nintendo DS, played Zelda in the back and just waited all the time. And then um, eventually, like they had to have medics drive because like people had to leave for different reasons or get hurt or this or that. So a lot of like everybody becomes a truck driver in this. Well, in the last uh, Kuwait and Iraq I suppose that is true, but I, I, you know, like I said, I didn't serve, so I don't know, but I love the fact where these guys are doing surgery, people losing limbs and all the rest of it, they dealt with it, and I thought in a very prudent way, by relaxing and actually kind of joking around while doing a magnificent job of saving this person's well, life. Well, there's a lot of that, for sure, yeah. in the military. Yeah. Gallows yeah, humor. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, and yeah. I've worked in a lot of uh, medical clinics in Iraq, in Kuwait, and those doctors, I mean, the things they say and the things that we joked about, mm-hmm. I mean, I would be looked at like a monster. But like that's about anything in the military and in high pressure mm-hmm. situations. Like we would talk about like, oh, my God, what if somebody put an IED in that goat? That'd be crazy. Like that's just a <laughs> very simple example. But mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Because you, I think there's so much pressure and so much severity all around yep. you. Yep. And you have to make light of it. You just do. And I mean, anybody who's been in, around those people is like, yeah, we are morbid and this and that, but like you kind of have to be. Yeah, you have to dissociate a little. Yeah, because otherwise, just like constantly thinking about the situation you're in, you're gonna get paralyzed with fear. Yeah. See, I agree with you guys completely. You have to take it lightly because what the on the other, you know, if fifty percent of it is taken lightly, the other half is very serious, mm-hmm. and you have to do your job. Mm-hmm. So I think the only way you could deal with that is with that left side embracing a little humor while you're doing it yeah yeah absolutely whether it's whether it's the army or you know if you have if you're a paramedic here in the u.s or things like that anytime you're dealing with highly traumatic Mm -hmm. experiences like you can't take all of that trauma and absorb it a hundred percent you got to laugh some of it off otherwise you're just not going to survive as a human being i couldn't agree with you guys more about that you have to have yeah you have to lighten the moment. The more severe it is, I think the the the, the more you have to bring lightness into it. Otherwise, you're never going to get through it. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's right? there's, or there's a reason deployments are relative. Like you never deployed for 15 straight years because mm-hmm. yeah. people would just no matter who you are, you would just end up going insane. Yeah, you'd break. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even one year, you you break a little in mm-hmm. some ways. Like, but. Well, it like, depends on where you go and when, of course. You know. Yeah, yeah. And, like, my deployment was pretty calm compared to a lot of people's. I mean, I we didn't have sure. – we didn't lose anybody. Um, there's, like, no nobody had to fire a round off in my squad. Like, there was a lot. We, we – mm. it was pretty calm. But at the end of the day, you're still living in a tent for a year without your family. Right. And in harsh circumstances, like, you always have to be aware. You all, like, you know, so it's like, I can't even imagine. Like, the people that did the extended time while they're deployed, I can't even imagine the stop lot. Like, lost stuff was, that's devastating. Yeah. 
That does make a lot of sense. We should probably take a break here because mm-hmm. let's harass the piss out of Kristen Bird by being lighthearted about any bad news she's going to deliver. What do you think? Perfect. I, Although yeah. she never delivers harsh news, does she? No. Yeah. Also, we forgot to tell her happy birthday. It was her birthday on Sunday. Oh, it was. Let's yeah. let's sing to her. Okay, we'll sing to her. We'll be right back with singing to Kristen Bird for her birthday 48 hours ago. I like it. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. All right. Well, this was pre-recorded. We're going to play it for Krista now. Okay. You you ready to go? Three, two, one. Happy Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Sounded really okay, good no, with three jump. people in three different <laughs> locations with three different levels of delay. We did it in rounds. Right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to push ahead 48 hours now. And Okay, we're back to live. Now. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Your birthday is Sunday. Thank you so much. I like to call this my birthday mm-hmm. month. So I celebrate all month long, all the way through the 31st. Well, there you go. So it's good we recorded that on Sunday. Then. Yes. It, yes. Thank goodness. I mean, thank yes. goodness that you did and delivered it on the fifth. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. No question. But you, honestly, God, it's the fifth today. Christmas Day is twenty days away. I know. That's coming up fast, man. When you got little kids, it comes up real fast. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, you will have your year anniversary. Because you what was it February late February mid February? Oh, the new show, yeah. The show, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, the show started, but yeah, we uh, yeah we uh, absolutely right. I thought you were talking about celebrating getting fired after thirty seven years. Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) Well, that too, I suppose. We only talk about positive things. Well, there ain't nothing positive about that, so let's move on to a different. No gallows humor on this show. Gallows humor. So, Kristen Burt, what is going on in the entertainment world? All right. The two hottest people in Hollywood right now are both reality stars. What? Yes. Okay. I'll I'll start with with one person that we talked about uh, a lot earlier this year, and that is Ronald Gladden. If you guys remember him from Jury Duty, Mm -hmm. I said he was going to be a superstar, and he had signed with a Mm high-profile Hollywood agency. Amazon has signed him to a two-year production deal. So not only can he um, produce, but he will also star in a bunch of projects for Amazon, and Amazon Prime, and Freebie. Really? And this Amazing. is from what show? Um, Jury Duty. Jury Duty, okay. Yeah. So remember, he answered the casting call from a Craigslist ad. He was a solar panel contractor, and now he's really? one of the hottest commodities in Hollywood. And which guy was he? He was the one that didn't know that he was in a reality show. Mm. He's oh, the okay. only one who wasn't in on the game. But because he improved well, played along well with not realizing that he was in a reality show, it's made him one of the hottest properties in Hollywood, which what I think are, is unbelievable. What are they going to have him do? Because it wasn't like he was just being a nice guy, 
essentially. Right. I was talking about this with my husband. So Bill and I were tossing around ideas. We're like, what would you have Ronald Gladden do so that he doesn't fall flat on his face? And this is what I said. I said, you know, he needs something soft. So for me, if I were managing him, I would say, let's find a project like that you can host and be funny and be personable, whether it's like, uh, right, right. Mm -hmm. Like whether it's like a pet show that you're hosting, like pet clips or something like just soft to land on something that will be buzzy, but fun and that he can be a host of, and then go to the next project. And maybe you start stepping into scripted, but it's an ensemble piece where he just has like a small role and he surrounds himself with strong actors. Cause I'm like, that's the way you do it. Just sort of like tiptoe into Hollywood instead of just going head first into a pool with no water. So I have a question for everyone and I'm not trying to be, you know, a pain in the ass here, even though I will be, but I never saw the entertainment in jury duty. I thought it was okay at best. Yeah. I think my problem was, is after I saw two episodes, I said, yeah, I think I got enough of this. Like, I didn't yeah, have any too. interest in finishing it. I mm-hmm. I was like, yep, I get it. He doesn't know. And like, it oh, was this really... is the where they don't know that they're in a fake trial or whatever. Yep. Yeah, he right, was yeah. the only one who didn't know. Yes. Yep. And so they, and it was fun. But I was like, I don't think I can do this for more than two episodes. I'm good. Like, but, I mean, I like but I know a lot of people. But a lot of people loved it. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed the show, but I didn't come away with it going, we need to give this guy the this his own show and get him on TV more often. I was exactly. Like, I honestly thought he would wind up on Dancing with the Stars, to be honest. Oh, I thought we needed to get him therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I think the $100,000 at the end probably like softened the blow. Mm-hmm. At all. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm also wondering, like the moment he signed with, I think it's UTA he's with, the moment you sign with a high-powered agency, they were never going to let him go on Dancing with the Stars. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he has an Amazon deal, and, and a lot of people may not realize this, but when you are with like CAA, WME, UTA, these big Hollywood agencies, they package you. So what they'll do is they'll find a writer who is represented by the same uh, agency. They'll put you together with, you know, they'll put Ronald together with him and maybe another producer who's also with UTA so that they keep all of the commissions in house. And that way they set kind of everyone up for success. That's the idea behind it. Now, obviously not every project is a success, but it might help them in the end. So we'll see how this happens. I do wonder though about that show. Is it legal to send someone a fake jury summons? I mean, there's got to be, like, some law against that, right? Yeah, or impersonating a cop. Or impersonating a judge. Imperson- yeah, technically everyone's... It was a real judge. Oh, it was so... a real judge. But it's, it was a fake trial, so is Fake trial. Was the legal? cop real? No. No, I don't believe so. I feel like uh, the only person who was, like, legitimately in their job was the judge. I who happened to be, like, like, the stepfather of the creator. I wonder if they, like, got a... a I don't know what you'd call it, a like easement a or whatever for like, you know, we're going to make it, we're going to uh, hoax the system, but we're doing it for TV. Yeah. Yeah. So it's okay. Most of the time they the go other... creative go licensing. Ahead. They go, oh, it's we're creative. So it's okay. They excuse it a little bit. Yeah. And the other thing I'm thinking about is that the, uh, they sort of, you know, the Craigslist ad was a documentary about jury duty. Now, I don't know how they sort of like recruited him mm. because I'm like, you get the, you get the summons in the mail and you just go down to the courthouse. He was in San Diego and he wound up in a Los Angeles courtroom. So 
I'm not sure how that all played out because that seems a little fishy to are begin with. Are they different counties, I'm assuming? They are different counties. Okay. In fact, they're two counties over. So, so uh, what, like, what if he would have said at the end, nope, I don't want any of this released. He could te- nope. That is his right, technically. He can say and no, then, none of it. And so if you filmed a whole show, it's going to be worth more than 100000 to pay that guy to get him to say yes. Like, there was a part mm-hmm. like, of him that could have said no. No, and make it 500 or you're not getting air. anything. Oh. Yeah. He could have. Although I'm sure he signed some type of release. I, I would love to know if he didn't read the fine print in the original release that he signed to do the fake documentary about jury duty. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, but could you imagine if he had backlash, like, yeah. was coming out in press going, this, I'm not okay with this? Like, that would have ruined everything. We all yes, would have had it would have, yep. I have to imagine, though, that Amazon's lawyers triple check this to make sure there were no loopholes so that didn't happen mm-hmm. on the back end. I bet you they had him take assessment tests to see what kind of personality he is, if this would be the kind of guy that would be okay with this. What do like, you I feel bet... about hoax shows? <laughs> yeah. Do you no, like, but like them? seriously, because they can do these all these assessments to know what kind of personality type you are. Mm-hmm. Because and they are... normally do that for reality shows, like if you're going The Bachelor or something like that. Yeah survivor any of those so it is curious but i will tell you that it wound up to be a win for him in the end because besides the you know production deal that he's getting he the show was nominated for emmys and he's gonna wind up if that's if that's what like and i can see how you'd see that like that's his goal but for me having a like a nice stake in reality all the time is like my favorite thing like i like to know that so like it, it's a positive if you look at if he's going for a Hollywood career, but at the same time, Tom, how pissed would you be if you found out people have been secretly filming and then you had to live <laughs> weeks after being paranoid? I would not care for that at all, to tell you the yeah. truth. And I, and I still don't know if they really pulled it off or they're lying it's, about pulling you, it off. You never know. I also want to say, what was he doing trolling on Craigslist under, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that this was listed under, there's like TV, radio, film jobs, there's like a section there. So mm-hmm. he, to me, he was looking for something. Mm-hmm. He was looking mm-hmm. for some type of like, oh, this would be interesting to participate in a documentary. If you're not seeking maybe a little bit of fame yeah. or a little bit of the camera yeah. time to begin yeah. with. So there is that. That would mess me up for life. I'm just saying like that would full on. I would like literally walk into everything being like, is Tevin an actor? Looking or for the cameras. Real? Yeah. But now he has like James Marsden in his contacts. So I just don't yeah. feel like, I don't feel like he was traumatized in no, any way. No, I think way. it worked out they, for him. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would it would yeah. it be annoying? Sure. But it'd also be pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, well, getting $100,000 would also be pretty cool, I think. So. And I feel like the first episode was a tell because he was like, oh, my God, are you someone famous? So to me, he's already sort of like in that he's already mm, sort right. of captured or, or enamored with Hollywood. So I, mm-hmm. I feel like so that just means that he was the right person. Any other person that you know didn't want the camera in their face probably wouldn't have pursued this. Or at the end, if they felt betrayed by everyone around them that they thought they made friends with. It could have ended up really, it could have ended up to be a really mean and cruel ending. Yeah. But do you think it was real or was the whole thing fake? Including his part. His part was, he thought he was really doing a documentary. Yeah, I'm still, I could go either way with it. Like, because it seems so heavy in, 
well, we hope this guy is chill with it after, mm-hmm. but... I think because he revealed when he thought there were some things, like there were some red flags in his head, so that, but it, he just was like, I just kept on going along with this. He's like, but there were a few things that like made me question. And he's talked about them in interviews before. So mm-hmm. it's not like he wasn't like, oh, <laughs> I totally believe this whole thing from start to finish. He was questioning things, but he's like, everyone else was going along with it. So he's like, so I did too. It's the Milgram conformity experiment. I didn't finish watching the the series. I only watched a couple of episodes. So did the audience know as the show went along that it... So the whole thing was was recorded and then put on television. Correct. correct? Mm-hmm. The only person who so was I mean, not in on the joke was Ronald Gladden. Everybody else, including the viewers, knew what was happening as this unfolded. But it was already recorded by then, so they could know it, right? Correct. The whole series yeah. was recorded ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It wasn't. Okay. It wasn't in real time. It wasn't like Big Brother, oh. where you're kind of like watching it unfold live. Yeah. Well, yeah because right. you couldn't get his permission to record it live, so it couldn't have been live no. anyway. Yeah. Because yeah. if you were like, oh, yeah. well, I mean, I guess technically they could have done like some pretense. It's like, oh, we're gonna, you know, it's a it's a trial. Sometimes we broadcast these live. Can we do that? I don't know. Yeah. But that probably would have made it legally a lot more gray. And it turned out to be Freebie's top hit for 2023 that they're trying yeah. to figure out a way to do the concept in a different setting. But I'll tell you, like, if I wound up and all weird things started happening around me, I'd be like, am I on Freebie? Like, am yeah. I in another version of jury duty? Like, my red flags would be yeah. going up all over the place. It's, it's yeah. essentially the like what, yeah, it's essentially like what Ashton Kutcher and Punk went through. Yeah, where, like, if I was a that's celebrity, the first thing I thought of, yeah. If I was a celebrity and all of a sudden, like, three cars start on fire and, you know, the <laughs> sky is falling, yeah. like, okay, where's Ash? Yeah, but mm-hmm. that's another thing where it's like, then what if a car is on fire and you're just, like, chill about it? Like, I just... Like, you can't... You wouldn't be able to, like, not react. Yeah, because you'd be like, well, what if somebody... What if this isn't fake and now somebody actually did die or something yeah yeah my favorite one from punked back in the day was when justin timberlake was being punked and they were like you have a lien on your property or whatever and they have like irs guys fake irs guys mm-hmm. obviously like walking out with his property oh yeah that was really <laughs> funny at all that was a good one he's like practically crying and i was like mm. <laughs> yeah yeah, I remember, I think it was The Simpsons that parodied that. He had a new show called Chop Shopped, where he'd go and just wreck celebrities' cars and go, you've been chop shopped. And they're like, how am I going to get home? That was my only way of transportation. <laughs> and it did feel like that at times. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're going to wreck your life for uh, for the fun. There was, I think it was Stone Cold Steve Austin that they punked on one, and he was not about it. And he, <laughs> like the actor, the actor that's like trying to tell him whatever is going terribly wrong in his life. And Stone Cold is just straight face, like, you want to try that again? And the guy was mm-hmm. like, uh, you're unpunked. Don't hit me. Like, you're unpunked. It's all a prank. It's all a prank. Oh, it's like those yeah, YouTube this prankers. This is over really yeah. fast. <laughs> Some of the punked ones I thought were pretty cruel. So I think, like, mm-hmm. if you go back and watch them, you're like, oh, these aren't as, like, uh, you know, like where Jury Duty came out relatively sweet and he got money and everything else. Punk sometimes ended felt like kind of icky about it well there's a there was a huge wave of youtube videos youtube pranksters that would basically do this they're just like random nobodies on youtube doing it but over time they had to keep one-upping each other 
So they would like go into some like super seedy area and meet with actual drug dealers and like start pretending to buy drugs and then go, Ooh. it's just a prank, bro. And then people would yeah. end up getting like shot and stuff. Yeah, well, it's like, how yeah. dumb can you? But that's you know, if it gets clicks. Well, you guys remember the zombie uh, bath salts thing in Florida? Yep. So after that happened, somebody was running around Florida on Martin Luther King Boulevard, pretending to be a zombie oh and like God. attack people, and oh would get God. guns pulled. Yeah, on that's them a great way to get because killed. People were like, yeah, I'm just gonna shoot this zombie and not take any risks. Well, yeah, if I thought someone was on bath salts and about to try to kill me, I would probably defend myself. No. I think a lot of people would. Yep. God, mm. what an amazing idea this is to to do something like. Yeah, I could I could see a guy like Steve Stone Cold just saying this is not funny and get the hell away from me. Right. Yeah, but you know Stone Cold Steve Austin's not going to kill you in response. Well, he's big enough where he probably He could, could but he probably <laughs> won't. Right. Whereas, yeah, you go try to buy like, you know, organs from the black market. You say, oh, you were on camera the whole time. There's a good chance you're not leaving that building. Right. Yeah, Tom, if somebody came up to you and started pranking you, you're not going to play along for the game. You're like, we're going to cut this out immediately. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I always use the example of Ralph, guy I went to high school with at North, North High. Ralph in 10th grade was 6'2", weighed about 240. He was a very large man. And we're walking down the hallway one day, and he goes, Tommy, i got to tell you something. I say, what's that, Ralph? He goes, man, you're really funny. I said, oh, thanks. He goes, but don't ever make fun of me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that worked for me. I got the instruction. Thank you. I will not be making fun of you, Ralph. No, this guy was huge, but he, he thought it was very funny as long as it was somebody else and not him. <laughs> so that was kind of the Stone Cold Steve Austin response. It's like, get the hell away from me. Right? Right. Makes sense. <laughs> it does make sense. So what else is happening in Hollywood, sister? Well, I have to I have to give you your number two of who else is the hottest commodity in Hollywood oh, right, right now. Oh, okay. And I'm going to get All a right. lot of groans for this one. Kim Kardashian. Oh, God. Yeah, a lot of groans. I know. It's, it's kind of unbelievable, but she has really stepped into the acting arena. So she did American Horror Story Delicate this fall. She got relatively good, good response from that. But what's interesting is that she is now um, producing and starring in a female-driven comedy called The Fifth Wheel. It's being written by someone from Saturday Night Live. And Ryan Murphy is bringing her back to star in her own Hulu series. It's going to be a legal drama about a celebrity divorce lawyer that's very meta because it's basically based on Kim Kardashian's divorce lawyer, Laura Wasser, who handled her lawyer or handled her divorce from Kanye West. So um, they've made a huge commitment to this. And people are saying, like, this is going to be Kim Kardashian's acting era. And Ryan Murphy is hoping to do what he did for Lady Gaga, taking her all the way to the Oscars. I'm like, we are going to see Kim Kardashian all over the place. I have a question for you. How is it okay with people that her own mother hoard her out? I don't think they know or care. They just, how could they not know? Because her mother's the one that started the whole thing. Well, they had right? to do something. They had to do something with that sex tape. It was yeah. out there. Yeah. And why did they have to do something? I can't see Toots doing that to one of my sisters. Mm. I just can't see that. Once it's already out in circulation, you either make a production deal and get some money for it, I or guess. people are just going to be downloading mm. it for free. What do you That's do? Just sad. 
Yeah, it, it is sad. Like, I'm with you, Tom. It, it definitely is sad, but unfortunately, like you're saying, Kristen, it is one of those things where yeah. you either just be the victim or you somehow turn it into, yeah. you know, the story of your uprising. And I, I like this that Kim Kardashian is doing, like, scripted like, stuff now because hopefully that means it's not as much of just the reality show rerun oh stuff yeah, those are... over and over again. So I, yeah. I like this. I'm not offended. I never saw that show. Is that show any good? Keeping up with the Kardashians? You would that hate any it. Good? You I would don't hate think it. you'd like it's it. Terrible. No, it's horrible. Yeah. Oh, Alex looks at me like, God, no. Absolutely not. No, okay. it's not even worth it. It's now the Kardashians on Hulu. But just to right. let you know, like, what a hot property Kim Kardashian is, five studios bid on her movie, The Fifth Wheel. Netflix wound up winning that battle. But Everybody wanted a piece of it because they knew it was going to be generate huge publicity for them. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's true. Is she going to have her, her, her? Is that her brother-in-law Scott Disick? Is that her brother-in-law? Uh, he's <laughs> he's on. He's a, barely on the reality show. I think now he's kind of like a third, secondary or third character at this point. Well, after that Christmas show two years ago, and I only saw the highlight, he literally sat there and looked at the camera for the Kardashian Christmas whatever. I didn't watch it. People sent it to me, but he literally goes like this. Kim, why don't you go first? After all, you are the celebrity here. I mean, that's how badly he <laughs> delivered his line. I think it was it's probably like, intentional oh from what I, from what little I know oh, about really? Scott Disick. I think he was probably just trying to be an ass. He's being a smart ass. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'm just going to ruin really? this show 100%. out of spite. Yes. He was <laughs> hilarious. Like from what I had a roommate that used to watch keeping up with the Kardashians. And so I'd watch it every once in a while with her. And I was like, that's the only likable character on the show because he's just ridiculous. And he owns it <laughs> like in the best I way suppose. possible. Ralph, I'm sure you were glued to the Kardashians. Oh huh? yeah, all the time, all the time. When they were smelling each other's underwear, I would, I, I had to turn that off. What? what? That's exactly what they were. They had, they were smelling yeah. each other's underwear during this, and they oh, and, and I thought to myself, people watch this. It's just normal family stuff, Ralph. Uh, oh no, no, it's not normal family stuff. You know, you know. I'm, I'm sure Tom was smelling his brother's underwear. Yeah, that, that, that's happen. no. No, that I mean, was it, not happening. It, but that was that was true. That's, that's a true story. I, I watched one of these. It was, it was on. Someone was watching. And I it came across the feed or whatever, and I saw that, and I said, "Nope, nope." It's just, it was too coarse. It was beyond the limits of polite society. We can all agree on that. Yeah, that is true. I'm glad yeah. I missed that episode. <laughs> well, they all now billionaires. They're billionaires now, aren't they? Um, Kim is. And Kylie is sometimes like she was, and then sometimes. she wasn't. <laughs> but but Kim definitely is her Skims, um, which is shapewear. Mm-hmm. Um, that empire has done extremely well for her, so oh, she okay. is making a fortune off of that. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So learn the lesson. All you can do is whore yourself out, and you'll make a lot of money. Yeah, depending <laughs> on who you are. Yeah, that's true. It depends on who you are. That's very very true. No question about it. And I'll, I'll, we'll close with this. Mo- and Tevin, you could probably vote on this one for me. I didn't like the way they went out of their way to use black people in that series. I mean, they they held them up as like, it, it was weird. It just felt really, let's go find a black guy to pretend to like. Didn't you guys get that take from them or did you not get? I have you no take because people? I've never seen one second of it. With the Kardashians. No, there you go. I mean, yeah, I yeah, think they all do date black guys and then the relationships usually aren't that long i mean in yeah. chloe not chloe 
yeah, Chloe, maybe Courtney, Chloe. She dated Lamar Odom, and he was oh, this, he married, like, married him, Odom. and he was this oh, huge you? crackhead. So that I don't really fault her for that. <laughs> and um, then she's been with Tristan Thompson, who's cheated on her multiple which, times. Yeah, that's a disaster. She's kids with him. Yeah, and, and you know the Kardashians are also accused of blackfishing a mm-hmm. lot. That's so what I'm saying. That's, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. They'll they'll sit courtside at a you know a Lakers game and you know kind of select right. one like they're Angelina Jolie adopting mm. a kid. <laughs> like I'll <laughs> take the flag. That's rough. I'm glad I brought that up because you guys all feel the same way I do. It's like stop using other people's skin color to make money. Yeah. Well, it that works. Was very offensive. Oh, boy. Yeah, get, don't get upset for or, at them for doing it. Get upset well, because it works. Well, even with Chris That's Humphreys, the, what, that marriage was what thirty seconds long. Seventy-two days. <laughs> yeah, seventy-two days. days. Like they said, well, I do, and then drove straight to the courthouse to get a divorce. Like, <laughs> like what is going? That on? That one is fascinating to go back and watch. Yeah, the clips are sometimes wind up on social media, and just watching their interaction, you're like you guys hated each other. I can't, yeah. but like, yeah. I think that they had spent so much money because it was, it was like a $10 million wedding or something crazy God. like that. And you know, the train had left the station, the, the, they had secured the deal for all the television rights. And I just think that they went through it to cash in on the mm-hmm. check. You know, interesting, interesting yep. thing. When I grew up, if you saw two guys holding hands or two women kissing or a, a mixed race couple, it was, it was where I grew up it was horrifying. Hor- oh, I, I can't believe this is going on. This is the 21st century. It's been around, you know, I think we're kind of accepting of, of what people choose and that sort of stuff. By and large, why is there continued fascination with mixed race couples and that yeah, sort agree. of thing? It makes I no sense. Well, what's the thing is I don't yeah, think there weird. is a fascination, but the people in charge believe that it still matters because the people in charge are all 900 years old. Oh, well, that's another point. I mean, I've dated girls where they go, oh, I would love to have a little mixed child. That's like, so weird. It's, that's it's super weird thing to say. It's really, yeah. really strange. Well, it's like, imagine, so like, imagine, you know, it's like, you know, me or Alex meeting someone, an, a white person saying, oh, I can't wait to have a white child with you. Yeah. It's the same exactly. thing. Yes. Yeah. Is it not? I'm so happy our children will be blonde and white. Yeah. Well, like, preferring. It is also equally alarming. Like, why do you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> preferring a specific race for your child yeah. is a weird thing yeah. to do. That's, a, that's, well, that's weird. And I'll give you the exact reason why it bothers me so much. When I was nine years old, living at 914 14th Avenue North, there was a couple that lived on our block. And every time they got in a battle, a verbal battle, they did it in the street. They would start in their house and they'd argue with each other and they'd come on the street and argue about this and the other thing. And the woman was white and the man was black. I've been around racially mixed couples since I was a little kid. It's not the same experience that most people have had. Right. Right. Correct. Correct. Well, maybe now, maybe now they do. But back in those days, that was 1959. So think about that. I mean, that was very, very, very unusual for for a black person and a white person to be married mm-hmm. back in those days but that's something i experienced my world is totally different than most people's i wish they would understand that i've experienced things that they would never have experienced right right for a long because time. it was kind of fun watching them bitch at each other out in the street and call each other prejudice and racist <laughs> that was i mean i'm nine years old going god this is pretty powerful i'd mm-hmm. say so i just wish people would understand we don't all live the same lives it would have a, to- a totally different meaning to me than it would to most people because that just never happened 
in the 1950s, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was very cool. And I, I'm look, I appreciate the fact that that is the way I grew up because I got a scope and a vision on things that very few people got. And I, I'm really grateful for that, actually. You were able All to right, see sister. you were able to see people live together peacefully in this to a certain extent, even though it was a rough Absolutely. community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Kristen, you got to go. So, any closing comments? Um, I just have to ask: Have you watched season two of Fisk now that it has reached streaming? Oh God, yes. We're on. We're episode three. We watched it last night. That I love that show. My God, it's a great show. I'm keeping on top of season three for you. The cast has been teasing that it's happening, but it hasn't been officially announced. So I will so keep my eye on that for you. They haven't shot it yet, but they're talking about doing it. They're talking about doing it, but that has not been, it's not official from the network, but hopefully it'll happen. She is phenomenal. She is as good as it gets. Don't you think? Yeah, it's a great show. And I was so excited mm-hmm. to see when it dropped on December 1st. I'm like, Tom is going to be yeah. so happy. If, for people who haven't seen the show, it's a young Australian woman. She's what, about maybe 35, something like that. Kristen, would you think? Something yeah, somewhere like around there. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same outfit, but it looks like she wears the same outfit every day. So do you get the impression that's the same outfit or she has many different versions of that outfit? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she's like Tim Cook was. Or, or, yeah. Um, mm. yeah, you know. All of those like tech people that wear like the same outfit every single day. Hopefully it's clean. Kitty Flanagan, it's by the way, is fifty-four years old. That that's a common Kitty Flanagan, the main character in Fisk. She's fit. well, yeah, but her character I think is supposed to be around thirty-five, isn't she? I think. I don't Maybe know if so. you could make that work. Fifty-four playing thirty-four. Well, she's it, pretty it'd, young. It'd be 40s, tough. Possibly. Maybe that. Yeah. I think it's it's like in the old uh, high school shows where you had people in their late 20s playing 16-year-olds. Yeah. It, it was pretty egregious back then. You know, that's a common trope in uh, the, some of the British uh, shows, comedies, whatever you want to call them, uh, particularly the detective series. There's one uh, filmed in Mallorca, and the lead character always wears the same clothes. Yep. Always, yeah. And then there was another one filmed yeah. in the Caribbean, and the lead character there always wore the same clothes. So that's a common trope in their uh, uh, in their production. Just if you have haven't a- seen Fisk, start with season one, episode one. Do not jump in now because you'll have to understand what the hell's going on if you jump in the middle of it. Wouldn't you say that, Kristen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You always want to start with the series so you get the foundation of the characters anyway. Yep. All right. Is that everything? That's it. I'll see y'all yeah, tomorrow. Looking forward to it, sister. Thanks a lot. You bet. Right. Bye-bye. We'll take a break. Be right back and wrap things up right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back to wrap things up, ladies and gentlemen. Ralph's in studio. Alex in studio. You know. None got... of them are paying attention. There they no. are. Sorry. We were looking up. We were looking up Lamar Odom because I was like, what? He's a crackhead? I didn't know that. And then I looked him up and I was like, he was found in a brothel, unconscious. Yeah. He had kidney failure, multiple heart attacks, yep. 12 oh. strokes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of crack to get 12 strokes. Yeah. I mean, whoa. Is he still alive? Yeah, yes. he's alive. Somehow still alive. After all years old. This was this was 2015. So this is why. And ago. Chloe pretty much nursed him back to health. Like yeah. she was super involved with his caretaking. Oh, here comes trouble. Here she that's comes. What we call her. 
There she is. Nothing but trouble. Yeah. Catherine Brandt. No Sorry, question about it. Yeah. So he, but he's not around. I mean, do you still see him on TV anywhere or anything? No, he keeps a pretty low profile now. The, I was telling Alex, there was a, Tom, you know who Stephen A. Smith is, right? Yeah, sure. He they was were, breaking were, down. Yeah, he was breaking down the Lakers season back in like 2015. And there's this brilliant audio clip where he's like, you know, giving the reasons why the Lakers were losing. And they, he goes, and they have Lamar Odom. Who was on crack? Well, he is, he is, I guess. And yeah. so, how long was he a crack addict? It sounds like a very long time. Well, because I mean, when he was with the Lakers, it was always rumored that, you know, they had to track him down. He was never like with the team because he was off, you know, trying to get drugs and using brothels and whatever else. How the hell is he still alive? Because big people don't usually live that long anyway. And he's a very large man. She's 6'10". Yeah. Yeah, 6'10". Yeah. Those guys don't usually live long, full lives anyway. And then you're cracking it up on top cracking of it. Cracking it up. Cracking it up. I'm going, yeah. to my, up. I'm going to my first basketball game in 11 years tomorrow. Ooh. Very excited. Oh. Apparently, the Timberwolves had, like, all some of the tickets, like the – kind of more expensive tickets were all half off for tomorrow's game and so dan's like uh-huh. want to go and i was like i haven't been to a basketball since we started dating so sure it's a good time oh, I, fun. I love basketball games like i think they're Ooh, fun they're like there's a lot going on i have absolutely no idea uh do they play the spurs tomorrow sure i think <laughs> absolutely yeah. no, not that i follow basketball but clearly follow i mean i remember yeah i went to a basketball game with him when we first started dating that's like when i met all his friends mm. and i was like this is fun no they yeah they're playing the spurs who have victor Wembenyama, who <laughs> is this 18 year old like seven foot right. one guy he's 18 he, yeah he's about to be the next Projected to be the next superstar generational talent. Oh my so, yeah. seven gosh. Seven foot two, did you say? Uh, yeah, I forget what his... Andy, do you know what his actual... What's his name? Victor Wembenyama. Yeah. Yeah. The Hold Spurs on. have on, this guy? So Andy. he doesn't even have to jump. No. Right? Oh, no, not at all. So he's seven foot four. Seven foot four, Seven yep. foot four. That's, he's too a frog. High. That's too tall. And he's he, a frog. And he plays like a guard. So he plays like he's small. What? It's it's it's, it's incredible. I'm excited to see this. Yeah. Well, and Dan's yeah. like the Timberwolves are really good, and like mm-hmm. we have some players that are like really fun to watch and incredible athletes. I'm like, sweet. I'm excited. Yeah. Seven foot four and 210 pounds. Let's get his BMI oh, up here. That's okay. okay. What? It's in 19. He's borderline oh. underweight. Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't he hasn't broadened out yet. Well he's no, eight. He yeah, he's nineteen. He hasn't mm-hmm. filled out so, at all. Yeah, he's like a he's like a lanky what? great Dane. Oh my gosh, I'm excited <laughs> to watch this. This is exciting. So I got a question. So you go to Sears to buy a pair of jeans and you're seven foot four. What no. the hell do you do? Everything you own is custom made if you're seven Absolutely, hundred percent. Dan has a friend a that is six foot eight. And yeah. he can barely find clothes, so he, I can't yeah, even no. imagine seven foot four. Even, even Gap doesn't have that inseam. I no would way. imagine. And even like for him trying to drive a car yeah. or anything like that. Get through oh, a doorway. God. Like, yeah. Oh, you, yeah, most doorways you would have to duck under, I think. All yes. doorways. Yeah. 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 Except for this one. This one, <laughs> that, maybe he well, could get through yeah. this yeah. for some reason. Who was a seven foot seven guy way back in the day? Matumbo? Uh, no. I'm not sure. There was Sean where. Bradley was super tall. Oh. Matumbo was pretty tall. Um, seven foot seven. There's a Romanian named, oh, God, how the hell do you pronounce this? <laughs> George Murison, maybe? Sure. 
He was seven foot seven, and he played in the NBA. Arguably the tallest player to have ever played in the NBA. There you go. And that was a guy I was telling you a couple of weeks ago about had to take the front seats out of his car so he could sit in the back seat so he could drive the car. Yeah, his his nickname was Gita apparently or Gitsa. I don't I don't know how to read Romanian, but he very clearly had acromegaly. So there is that. Whereas whereas this new guy whose name I already forgot doesn't have acromegaly. He's just insanely tall. Oh, look at how cute he is. He's yeah, a little he's baby. Really cute. Aww, yeah, he's really cute. Yeah. Such a sweet from, little face. I believe he's from I know. France. Yeah, he's got he the French, French accent. Oh my gosh, he looks like a little teenage baby. I know, it looks like if you took a 12-year-old and stretched him like Laffy oh Taffy. Oh God. It's <laughs> like he just got this beard last week. This is I know. so cute. Look, look at him. Got a what? He has a little beard, but it's like you can tell oh. that it's like a little teenage beard. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> the worst look ever. Don't oh don't gosh. try to grow facial hair until you're at least in your mid twenties. Yeah, and it even that, doesn't... like some people and, just can't. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I, I, yeah, it was Dan's beard is like part red, part blonde. It's like it's I mean, mine's <laughs> yeah, mine's Dad, you largely little... red, but it's getting pretty gray pretty quick. Yeah, you, yeah, your dad's mm-hmm. no, he can't have facial hair either. No, I cannot no. have facial hair. Not, no, you can't. It's just, it's just uh, spotty. Patchy. Very spotty. Yeah. Patchy. All right. That is going to do it for today. We'll be back in about five minutes with the family show. Bye. Bye, Brittany.